0: Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome. The church in the balcony. Appreciate everybody in the house of the Lord. Good to have Brother Adam Lane out of the hospital and doing better. And we just give the Lord all the glory. Amen. Appreciate all who checked on him, taking care of him, and making sure that he uh, got to come home and get back uh, where he needs to be. And uh, we just appreciate each and every one of you That have come tonight because we got some great stuff getting ready to happen this weekend. Uh, We got brother George Scott's going to be here on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And then he's going to be with us on Sunday at 11. And then after the service on Sunday we're going to have dinner. There will be no for Apostolic Church service this Sunday. Uh, They all wanted to come over and be with us during our homecoming services. So we called service off over there. And uh, so we'll be having some of our Pipeful family come and visit with us. And we want them to feel right at home in the service. And uh, just have a great time as we come together for Homecoming 23. Appreciate Brother Larry. Brother Larry was uh, doing some work around the church uh, uh, here. Uh, I guess it was yesterday that you was here doing that. And uh, patching some uh, cracks in the, in the blacktop out there. Getting it all ready so that. Next spring, we can, uh, hopefully the winter won't, won't take all that you do and mess it up. Uh, but we'll uh, seal it next, uh, next spring. And uh, hopefully add a little bit more black top that way for more parking. And we're getting ready to have our trunk or treat. And this is going to be a good night to gather together. It'll be Tuesday, October the 31st, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, it You know, when we first started doing trunk or treat, there wasn't hardly anybody around. We, we had kind of the corner market on it. Uh, I saw now where the state troopers are doing it. And they're doing, uh, Piteful uh, is doing it. And uh, they need candy. So if you want to help the state troopers out, uh, help them out. You never know, it might help you out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, we have a local boy who is their PR person. And uh, my wife taught him in school, and uh, it's Trooper Coleman. And uh, I remember going through a road check, and he was the one checking me and my wife after church. And, and uh, he said, okay, go ahead. And I said, you just going to let me go? And uh, he said, looked at me kind of funny, like, you going to confess about something or something? I said, you just going <laughs> to let me go? And, and I said, uh, do you know this woman over here? And he looked down, he said, Yeah, sure do. She made me what I am today. And I said, and you still going to let me go? (laughs) Known him since he was just a little fellow. And uh, he was uh, just somebody that uh, is just a good person all around. And um, so um, they are doing it. A lot of churches will be doing it. The Wednesday before, Uh, people do that Wednesday before. But we want to pick the night of. Because it's a, it's a night we want to get kids off the street. And we want to bring them in and just witness to them. Uh, pray for them. You know, if somebody's sick, pray for them. Uh, we could set up a little place just for prayer to be uh, had if somebody needs prayer. So uh, we, can, we can do a lot of things to witness to our community during the trunk retreat. It's always a great time. So uh, figure out how you're going to decorate your trunk. And we usually start lining up right here at the sign, and we go this way and around the back. So uh, we like to start and let people just come around and, and get the candy and, and uh, be witness to and all those things. And I tell you, some of y'all come up with some creative ideas. And uh, it's just amazing to see every year what someone comes up with and decorates their trunks. So let's keep that in mind. Remember, no ghost goblins, devils, uh, we fight enough of those as it is, so we don't need any in the parking lot, and especially from the church, but uh, we want to remember uh, Harvest Time Crusade is coming up Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett, Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser, and Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Mopping, and dinner following, so... Then uh, our Christmas program is going to be December the 10th. That's on a Sunday at 6 p.m. And then at the end of the year, we have our New Year's Eve celebration. And that will be Sunday, December the 31st. We begin at 9 p.m. Go past midnight. Always have a good time on New Year's Eve as we praise the Lord that he let us get through another year. And we get ready to go into a new year. Amen. Amen. We have several prayer requests that we need to mention. We have uh, over uh, 45 on our list, but we're going to just mention the last 10 of these. Uh, let's remember uh, Sheila Spartman, Kevin Smith, Aline Wallace or Aline Wallace, um, Danny Ratliff, Vezran Huffman, Kevin Lane, Zenly Francis. Brenda Fraley, Ashley Stiltner, this is Sister Debbie Ratliff's niece, needs a touch, so let's ask the Lord to move in a mighty way for Ashley, and uh, Ashley's mom had just had uh, pneumonia, but she was getting over that, so uh, Ashley's got it too. All right, so let's remember uh, this request. And also, let's remember Roberta Wolford. And if you have a prayer request, just by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. And let's just go to the Lord right now in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here tonight to worship you in spirit and in truth, to sing songs unto you, to give you praise and honor. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that is gathered here that we will all leave encouraged and uplift and edified. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that's on our prayer list. You know their needs and their situations. And I pray, Lord, Lord, that you would just touch in a mighty way, that you would just reach down and and also touch, Lord, Sister Debbie Bryant's uh, daughter-in-law, that, Lord, you would just touch this young lady, that she would be made whole. And I pray that you would touch Sister Debbie's family. And, Lord, I just pray that you would touch each and every one of those that's on our prayer list, Lord. Uh, We ask that you would touch the Donald Stevens family and that you would just touch all of those that are going through some trouble and trials and that you would just touch uh, Israel and you would bring peace to Jerusalem and Lord I pray that you would just show your power to protect in the midst of all that's going on and instead of all the propaganda and all of the lies and all of the deception that's going on about the war over there, show that you are with your people and that you will lift them up and let them shine. Lord I love you and I Praise you. Bless the service tonight, Lord, as the five minutes with Timothy, as well as the teaching tonight, Lord, as we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand as Brother Caleb comes.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you agree, say amen. 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 It is a blessing, not an obligation, to come into the house of the Lord. Amen. Tonight, quickly, I want to move directly into the word of the Lord. We're going to find ourselves at First Chronicles, and we're going to find ourselves in chapter 16 and verse 11. It's a sweet and simple scripture, but very powerful. It is a command. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. With that being said, would you join me as we go before the Lord tonight in prayer? Lord, we ask tonight that you would begin to have your way so violently in this place, God, that no demon, no devil from hell can begin to distract, no devil from hell can begin to destroy. Lord, we know that you are the God of all creation. We know your power. We know your strength. You are a refuge, a strong tower that the righteous run into. And we come here tonight. From the very beginning, is that this is a short but simple and powerful scripture. It's a command. The very first word is an action verb. It commands us to seek. And then we begin to look deeper into the scripture. What are we seeking? It says, Seek the Lord. If we continue to read throughout this word, we understand that there is one Lord one faith and one baptism. Amen. Amen. And whenever it was Paul or Saul that was later known as Paul on the road to Damascus and he was struck down by the blinding light, he said, who are him on Wednesday. You don't need to just seek him on Sunday. We need to make sure that we're seeking him each and every day. Why? Because he's not the God of the weekends. He's the God of each and every day. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's something to worship about. Do you think that he's going to show up every time that we show up on a Wednesday and, and ask for him to show up? Do you think he's going to move every time we show up on a Sunday and ask him to move? If he doesn't know who's calling, he's going to mute his phone and he's going to say, stop calling. How many times do we do that? We don't recognize the number. We mute it. Say, go away. They'll leave a message if it's important. If God doesn't know who's calling, he's not going to pick up. He's not going to answer. So it's important right now that you make sure that God knows who you are. Whenever he says, who's calling me? He should know, hey, Brother Dove's calling me. I need to answer because he's made a point to know who I am. And I've made a point to know who he is. Why? Because we have sought him. We have sought after his face continually. He says, be continually in prayer. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear them from heaven will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Come on tonight, somebody. We need to seek after the face of the Lord. Can we? Can we begin to do that tonight? Can we stand all around this field? as us praise God. Us. Let's let's stand and let's lift our hands, lift our voices, and begin to seek after the face of Christ.
2: Be your name in the, in the land, land that, that is, is plentiful where streams of abundance flow.
3: Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found, I'm found in the found desert place, though I walk through the, the wilderness. wilderness. Blessed, blessed be your name THE SUN SHINING DOWN ON ME WHEN THE WORLD'S ALL AS IT SHOULD BE BLESSED BE
2: YOUR NAME
3: BLESSED BE YOUR NAME ON THE ROAD MARKED WITH SUFFERING Those PAIN IN THE OFFERING BLESSED BE YOUR NAME EVERY BLESSING YOU pour
2: If you
4: to you amen is he your way maker the Bible says he's the way where there seemeth to be no way he's my way maker amen and I'm not just saying that because the word of God says it just repeating a good word amen brother Jimmy Dove I know he's my way maker amen I've seen him lead me through times where I thought there was it was not another day amen gonna dawn on me sister joy Amen. I've said, I've been down, I've been there. I've been low, ain't you? Amen. But not one time did my God leave me forsaken. I love the words of this song. Hallelujah. You are here. Amen. With no music, can y'all just can y'all just, you know, ignore what I'm doing right here just for a second, you know, put things aside. Amen. Hallelujah. I want I want to sing this, amen, because he's my way maker. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you all sing that first verse? You are here moving in our midst. Sing it like you believe it. Hallelujah. And I worship you. I worship you. You are here no matter where you are. Working in this place. Come on. I worship you. I worship you. Sing the chorus with me. You're my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Like, and you may not remember the day you was born. I know you don't, amen. But you remember mama and daddy telling you about it, amen. He is your miracle worker, amen. When doctors say, amen, that it can't be done, when medicine can't get it done, he's your way maker. Amen. Hallelujah. You all believe that? Hallelujah. Most of you know the testimony of my, my daughters, Rachel and Lakin. Amen. Hallelujah. They're miracles. Amen. I have seen, Brother McKinney, proof positive that my God is a miracle worker. Held him in the palm of your hand. Amen. Amen. One pound and something, two pound and something. Yes. You tell me God ain't a miracle worker. Amen. Miracle worker. Hallelujah. Didn't mean to steal their testimony. Amen. But it's also my testimony. That's right. If it happened in your life as well, right. amen, it's your testimony too. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. If God works something for you, it's for you to tell somebody about it. All Read right. Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Hallelujah. They were made perfect, amen, by us reading about what God did for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God that he's still a miracle worker, ain't he? He's still working in this place, moving in this place. I'm sorry. I know it's Bible study now, but I feel a stirring in my soul. I feel like somebody needs God to move. Amen. If we get part of the way through this lesson, all the way through it or halfway through it, it don't matter to me. This altar's still here for you. Amen. We're still here to pray you through. Amen. Hallelujah. There's some people that need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Step one and step two's been taken care of. But the most powerful part is yet to come. Amen. The part that gives you victory over the devil, over death, hell and the graves, is going to lift you up one of these days is the Holy Spirit, amen. And these new converts need it. They need us to help them, amen. What's wrong with old-fashioned church? Well, we gathered around the altar and we prayed them through. Brother McKinney, I remember packing my wife out. I don't know how late it was, but it was way past my bedtime. And I remember packing her out the night she got the Holy Ghost, amen. We need that back. You want revival? Right here's where it's at. Right here's where revival starts in your life, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't care if you've been doing it for 40 or 50 years. Right here is where we need to be. There's no shame in it. Hallelujah. I don't feel ashamed doing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 1. I didn't have all that planned, but it's all right. If I know it's the Lord, then my plans don't make a hill of beans. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. I'm going to start in verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 5. Somebody say, go a little further. I need the word, don't you? Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 1 and 5 says this. On this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab. Now just to to paint a little picture, how many knows what Moab was? The land of the Moabites, amen. They were an incestuous people. The son of Lot, amen. They shouldn't have been, but because of sin, they was. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, they was. Yes. Amen. In the land of Moab began Moses to declare this law. What a place to start declaring the law, ain't it? That's like going right down here in the middle of Wimpson inside of a bar. Start standing up and preaching. Amen. He was going to declare the law no matter what. It takes boldness in this day and time. Verse 6 says, The Lord our God spake unto us. Now not Not just Moses. He began, brother. And see, he wants you to get started on this way. Amen. And he takes over. I like it. Don't you? You take that first step and God takes over. Moses began and God spoke. He spoke unto us in Orab. Now, Orab's another place. It's a desolate, a dry place. Sound like they they were amongst some pretty bad things, don't it? Amen. In the land of Moab. And in Orab, if I'm saying that right, he said, ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Amen. In other words, Brother McKinney, if I can can say it myself, you've been here long enough. Amen. You've stayed in this place where you're at right now long enough. Amen. You've been in this valley. You've been up on this mountain. You've been in this place of sin, if I can say it that way, that's where they was, amen. But the Lord said, somebody look at your neighbor and said, God says that you've been here long enough, amen, hallelujah. He's wanting to bring some people out, amen. The name of the lesson is it is time to break camp. How I many knows a little bit about camping? You all can be seated. I'm going to go a little further in the, in the word, but I'm going to have mercy on you. You can be seated, and I can't. Amen. Break to break camp means to take down a tent. How many's ever been camping? Yeah. Now I enjoyed camping, but I ain't gonna lie to you. The day it come to take down the tent, and I knew my queen size pillow top was waiting on me, brother McKinney. I got that tent down a lot faster than it went up. I didn't care about looking at the directions to make sure piece by piece was put in there pole for pole. I took that tent down and crammed it in the bag and said, Let's go home. <laughs> Bologna sandwiches and fried weenies will do you for a while, won't it? Amen. But when it's time to go home, amen. When it's time to take down the tent, amen. When it's time to leave to pack up the stuff, amen. You're in a hurry to get home, amen. Now I know this world ain't my home, amen. I'm just like the song says, I'm just a passing through, amen but I'm a-looking for a city, amen, hallelujah. I remember the song, looking for that city, amen, 1,600 miles long, amen. I'm a-looking for home, ain't you, hallelujah. I'm ready to take down the tent because I'm tired of dwelling in this place. Now, I want to see every sinner saved. I love the men on my job, and I want to see them saved more than anything, amen. I love my family members that for whatever reason are holding on to this world. Amen. Now, I know this ain't like a normal Wednesday night, but I'm going to preach it to you like God preached it to me. Amen. Hallelujah. And I am, I am, I love my family. Amen. But if they choose, Brother McKinney, to stay behind, I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. Amen. You can false accuse me, scandalize my name. But I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. Amen. Hallelujah. Now they were in a dry and desolate place. Listen to what he said in verse 7. He says, Turn you. Amen. If you can turn that around, it's you turn. How many's ever been, how many's argued with a GPS? I just want to make sure I'm not the only one. Amen. My wife's listened to me more times than she cares to admit argue with the GPS because I knew and it didn't, brother. Take a U-turn at the, at, the, at the best possible place. Amen? It makes you want to just toss it out the window and run over, don't it? But I know better. Amen? Because it got me this far. So I'm depending on it to get me a little farther. But that's what he tells them right here. He says, turn you, turn around, and take your journey and go to the mount. Oh, praise God, I can remember as a child, amen, my dad and, the, and his pastor going to the top of the mountain, and we would camp, we would play, we'd take our bicycles, we'd roast marshmallows, but I remember what my family was doing, Brother McKinney, amen, they, were, they was going to the top of the hill to pray. And they prayed and they sought the face of God. Amen. Sometimes you need to go to the mountaintop. Amen. You've been in the valley long enough. Amen. Sometimes you need to jerk up the stakes to the tent and head to the mountaintop. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God did not intend for you to stay in the valley. Now, he may have brought you in the valley. And you may have brought yourself into one. Amen. See, we blame God for a lot. God's got me here to teach me a lesson. Maybe so, Brother Caleb. And just maybe I got myself there. Just maybe it may be something that I done that got me there. But either way, saints of God, God did not intend for you to stay in the valley. Amen. I heard a man say one time, he said, I'm a valley singer. He said, I sing about the valleys. But I like to be a mountaintop singer too, don't you? Amen. I like to tell the world where God's brought me from. Amen. You see, I'm not proud of my past. But God, let me never forget it. Amen. It keeps me humble. Amen. That just may have been the thorn in Paul's flesh. I don't know. Some say this. Theologians say that. Amen. But it just might have been his thought of his past. What Paul used to be. See, brother brother Caleb was talking about it. When he was Saul. he was a bad man, wasn't he, brother? Amen. He was a martyr. He had people. He had actually had people killed. And he thought that he was doing right. You see, I don't don't want to think that I'm doing right. I want to know that I'm right, don't you? I want to know that I know that I know that I know that I'm right. Amen. And there's one thing that won't lead you astray. See, I'm human and I make many mistakes. But as long as I stay in the Word, saints of God, I know that I'm on the right path. Amen. As long as I stay where God has placed me and go where he leadeth, Amen. There was an old song talked about that. I can't remember the words to it, but I remember him sing, singing the old hymnal. Pasture where he leadeth. You remember that, brother? I'm not saying you're old, but I, I know you may remember something. Of, amen. Good old song. Let's not forget the old songs, saints of God. I love the new ones. I do. Amen. And I love, I love what I growed up hearing, southern gospel. Love it. Amen. But I love the old hymnals. They take me way back. When I was a kid, I remember hearing these songs. I may not understood them, but today I understand them more. Turn you and take your journey, verse 7, and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, cover it all, in the vale, and in the south and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites. Amen. Verse 8 says, Behold, I have set the land before you. In other words, he has made a way. What a God that I serve, Amen. That has already made a way. He's already paved a way. He's already been there. He's already fought the battle. Right. But he's going to let me claim the spoils. But McKinney, has anybody ever done you like that? Amen. Has anybody ever gave you th- anything? It didn't cost you a dime. Amen. I'm telling you, this world won't. Hallelujah. But he did. He. I said. I said. I've set the land before you. All you have to do. What's these next? What do they say? Go in and possess it. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell him say go in and possess the land. God's already made a way which the Lord swearing to your fathers unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give unto them and their seed after them. God has made up a way for what he's awaiting on. Me and you, we done got comfortable You remember the children of Israel. And they started complaining. And they started remembering the past. Let's go back. Let's go back to the garlic and the onions and what we had before. But they were in slavery. Saints of God, God, it's not God's intent for you to be in slavery to the things of this world. Amen. To be enslaved by the thoughts in your mind, it's not his intention. Pull up steak. He's got something better for you. Hallelujah. Break camp. And advancing to the hill of the Emirates. See, I have given you a land. Skipping on down. He said, go in, take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers. He's given it. I looked up this word given. It says a gift God has already made a way. Amen. There's a gift, brother, that's awaiting for you. Amen. a gift that no man can give you. But God's awaiting to give it to you. Amen, a gift, amen, that this world didn't give and this world can't take it away. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen, God's got a gift, amen, and it's it's a treasure, ain't it? Those of you that's got the Holy Ghost, amen, can I get a witness? It's a treasure, amen, hallelujah. I don't take it lightly, the gift of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Don't tread on it, amen. Because he said his spirit would not always what? Strive with man. So don't take it for granted. Once saved, always saved. Now I believe if you're saved, God's going to keep you. I believe it that way. Amen. But I believe, amen, that you can stray outside that too. I believe that you can turn to your own ways, amen, or to the ways of the world, and you can stray out from under God's grace. Amen. Hallelujah. But thankfully, I'm not trying to scare you. You're here tonight. Amen. And that means a lot. The instruction was given through Moses but by the Lord. On the first day of the 11th month of the 14th year, this instruction was given. He began by reiterating what the Lord had told them at Orab or Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where the law was given. Now listen to this. After the law had been given and a tabernacle had been built, it would have been easy and quite comfortable to have settled down in that place and just remained there. It's easy once you come in and once you repent, you're baptized in His name, Amen. You pray around this altar till you feel that little trickle down your spine, Amen. But God's got more, Amen. It don't stop there, does it, Amen? Can I get an Amen, Amen? Once you start speaking in tongues, Amen, God's got more for you, Amen. I'm gonna tell you, gets sweeter and sweeter, and I'm relying on these old songs, Amen. For some reason, they're coming, they're coming back to my mind, sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, amen. Hallelujah. You remember them old songs, amen. The Holy Ghost just keeps gets, gets, getting sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, amen. When I when I think maybe that I've reached some kind of pinnacle in, and start thinking in my carnal thoughts, amen. God turns me around and he shows me. I can take you further, amen. I've got more for your family. How many will, amen, I I believe my family has more, amen. That God's got more in store for us, amen. He's got more in store for you, amen. Hallelujah. Sister Nicole, hallelujah. Brother Adam, God's got more in store for you. If you think you've tasted the sweetness of God, amen, taste again, amen. Come and see. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah. He just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Brother, if you would get me a water, I would greatly appreciate it. Amen. He just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter. After the law was given, they got comfortable. It would have been easy to get comfortable, wouldn't it, and settle down and remain there. But listen, the day of Pentecost for the Jews was a celebration of the giving of that law. It's time to celebrate. How many how many remembers get, getting the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. How you was overjoyed and celebrating in your heart. Amen. Don't well, believe it or not, it just keeps getting sweeter. Hallelujah. This yearly celebration was fulfilled in AD 33 when the church came into being by the disciples receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This yearly I see, as history seems to repeat itself, the New Testament church made camp in Jerusalem. Amen. Hallelujah. But they wasn't willing to just stay there, was they, and do nothing. Amen. You see, God wants us to move on, don't he? He don't want us to spin our wheels. Amen. He don't want us to stay and be satisfied. Hallelujah. But he wants us to celebrate. Amen. And he wants the world to see it. It took divine intervention to get them to move. Sometimes it literally takes a move of God. Now, you can read all through the Bible, amen, where God got people's attention, didn't he? Amen. They got off track a little bit. How many remembers David? David got off track. He looked over on a rooftop, amen, and the lust in his flesh, amen, set in and got him off track. I'm telling you, if you're looking to this world, these things of this world that is enticing to the flesh, that will get you off track. Somebody hear me right now. Amen. But you better get your eyes back on Jesus Christ. You better get your eyes back on the prize. Amen. Because I'm telling you what the lust of the flesh will do you. It will lead you down a road where there seems to be no return. Amen. It will lead you so far, amen, away from God, that you'll think there's no getting back. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for grace. Hallelujah. It took divine intervention to get them to move out of their comfort zone. Why do you think we encourage you service after service to come and worship with us? Thanks of God, we're not cheerleaders up here. In case you ain't noticed it, I ain't built like no cheerleader. Amen. And I ain't, I ain't got no pom-poms in my hand. Amen. But we encourage you. Amen to get up here and to lift your hands and to worship with us, amen. And the reason is, he inhabits the praises of his people, amen. If you want your children to worship, you better get up here and worship, amen. Hallelujah. We, we can think of a million excuses. Oh, my back's a hurt. <laughs> How many times, Brother McKinney, could you stay stayed at home on a, heating bed, on a heat pad in the bed, amen, rubbed down from head to toe, amen, with ointment, and said, "My backs are hurting." Amen. Mine's are hurting right now. But you know what? The more that I feel the Holy Ghost upon me, the less and less my back hurts. Amen. And I'm not gonna let it stop me. It may have slowed me down a tiny bit, but I'm not gonna let it stop me. I tell you what? I've heard this preached before, and I thought, "Yeah, right." I've heard men preach and say, "You, you young, young whippersnappers ain't going out praise me." But guess what? You ain't. I may not be able to jump as high. I may not be able to run as fast, amen. I may look funny running, but I'm telling you right now that I'm going to run, hallelujah, and I'm going to praise him, Jimmy Dove and I'm going to give him all the glory, amen, because he's given me these legs, amen, that I can still walk, amen. He's given me this voice that I can still lift up his name, and as long as I can, I am not going to let something dead. An old rock cry out in my place, hallelujah. Because ain't nobody knows like I know what he's done for me. Amen. I don't don't need to know everything in your life. But I need to hear your testimony. Hallelujah. Because we're what? Overcomers. First, it's always him first. By the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ and by the word of our testimony. See, that's how you get through, amen. You stand and shout it, amen. Every now and then they think I'm crazy, amen. But but I got to tell them at work, amen, what he's done for me, where he's brought me from, and I always start off by this. I say I'm not bragging. I'm not proud. I'm ashamed of who I used to be. I said that's why the language that you use, Soul hurts me deeply. I said, you're not sending my soul to hell by using the language, but I know where you're sending your own soul, amen. Amen. And I know where I used to be, amen, in the language that I don't use no more. You see, the world are you, won't they? They'll say, come on, I know you want to say it. They've literally said that to me. I said, I have no desire in my heart to say those things no more, amen. Why? Because he's took out the old man. And he's put in the new, amen, hallelujah. I no longer desire the things that I used to desire. And I thank God for that. Don't take it for granted, amen. Be careful what you think about somebody that's down, amen. Because tomorrow you may be that somebody. Be careful what you say. How many remembers the little song, Be careful, little mouth, of what you say. Be careful what you say about somebody. It may be the hardest trial of their life. I believe God lets us know sometimes, many, many times through life, I've found out things about somebody. And I always caution my family. I said, listen. When I get up and preach, I said, I don't want to hear the things that's going on in this world. I don't want to hear about the gossip of what so-and-so did. I said, because when I get up and speak, I want to know that it's from God. I want to know that it's God leading me and not some vicious rumor that I've heard about brother or sister so-and-so. I want to know that it is God leading me when I speak to you. I take it that sincerely and that earnest standing behind this pulpit. You see, Brother McKinney, don't just let anybody stand. But see, most importantly, I fear God. I respect Brother and Sister McKinney in this church but I fear what God can do. Amen. Hallelujah. And if it takes divine intervention, that's a hard that is a hard prayer to pray. And I will admit to you that I pray it for my lost loved ones. I told my mother-in-law one time I said, I love you enough to pray that whatever it takes you know, and I don't know what that may be. I'm married to her daughter. So watch. Sometimes you're snared by your words, saints of God. But whatever it takes, you see Amen. This life ain't what's important. It's the life beyond. Amen. Hallelujah. It's what we do down here is important. But it's the life beyond. It's making it to heaven, saints of God. That is the utmost important. So I pray whatever it takes, save my brother in law. Oh, amen. And you see what God's He'd be here tonight if it wasn't for work. Amen. He has a heart and a burning desire, amen. Me me and Brother Eli seen it, didn't we, Brother? I seen what sin, down the road where sin had taken him. Amen. I'm not going to share that with you. That's his testimony. But I got to see that firsthand. But then I got to see where God is taking him now. Hallelujah. Where God has brought him from. Amen. To the now and now. Amen. And I thank God for it. I thank God for my testimony, don't you? divine intervention. Amen. It takes that to move you out of your comfort zone. It may be something pretty hard. Tough love is tough, ain't it? That's why they call it tough love. Listen to this. It says the bigger a church gets, the more programs it offers. And we don't offer these programs just to keep you busy. Amen. We offer them because we hope somebody like Trunk or tree. Didn't understand that, brother. Can I be honest? Didn't understand that at first. I didn't. I questioned it. I said, it's just another night of celebration on, on, on the devil's night. But you see what we're doing? We're offering something besides what the world is offering. We're offering an alternative. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. Brother Dub. if we don't go out and get them, Satan will. Amen. If you don't invite your family, somebody down the road will invite them. Now, I'm not talking about a church. I'm talking about parties that they have on Halloween, Brother McKinney. Amen. It's more than just a, a pretty little painted face in a costume and giving out candy. There, there is people that is actually worshiping the devil, amen, on that night. So why not invite them to the house of God where the people of God dressed and look like God, amen. Christ-like Christian people can reach out to them, amen. And when you was talking up here, Brother McKinney, I said something else I'm going to hand out. We're going to hand out. We're going to pray over some cloths, but I'm going to put you out to work. Brother McKinney says, do it yourself. I've got enough work. But we're going to pray over some of these cloths, and we're going to hand them out. Amen. We'll put them in the goodie bags. I'll let the pastor lead me what to do, but we're going to give them out. Amen. And we're going to pray. You, you don't realize what this this right here is a ministry. Am I right, brother? This right here is a ministry. I hand them out everywhere. I got them in my truck. I got me a big bag up here. And I anointed them one night. Me and Brother Caleb, I believe it was, we prayed over them. And I got them in my truck. And every now and then, somebody will ask me for one at work. So I'm reaching somebody, brother. Hey, Amen. I'm touching, sister. I'm touching somebody's heart. Don't, don't, don't think that what, that what somebody's doing is nothing. Just a little thing like this, or a bulletin, or something that you may give out. Don't never think. The Bible says you plant a seed, it won't return void. So whatever your ministry is, whatever it is that God has called you to do, we're not, that's the beauty of it. We're not all called to preach. We're not all called to sing. We're not all called to teach, but we're all called to work together, fitly joined together in the body of Christ. Amen? And if we work together, it's already started. I ain't going to say we're going to have revival. I'm going to say it's already started. Amen? But there's some things to do. You see, there's some footwork to be done. Hallelujah. God has a message for someone. It's time to break camp. Look at your neighbor and say, It's time for you to break camp. It's time to pull up stakes and back up just a little bit and finish what I was reading. The bigger a church gets, the more programs it offers, the easier it is to settle down and enjoy a secular employment. Nice homes, nice cars, monthly potlucks, and the fellowship of really nice people. Now, I know you, I know you can't tell it but I like the fellowship. And I know you surely can't tell that I like potlucks. Amen. But that's just, that's just a small part of it, saints of God. He brought us together, not for all that, amen, but to work. Work for the kingdom of God. Everybody has a job to do. But are you doing it? Have you set up camp? I'm comfortable sitting here. I've done what the Bible says. I've been to the altar. I've been baptized. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Now I'm sitting. That's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to pull up stakes, get out of your valley, and quit hollering, woe is me. Amen. The land is before you. I'm going to tell you what we got right here. I'm going to tell you what simple little thing that I've started doing. There's a few different routes that I can take to work, and I'll go different routes. I like the morning time because it's quieter. There's less less to the tour you, amen, sidetrack you. And I go through these communities, and I name these communities. And I say, God, and I start binding. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and lead you, amen. How many knows that you can pray in the Holy Ghost for things that you never knew and people you never knew needed prayer? Amen. And I start binding the things as I drive through these communities. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, amen, some good habits that you need to start doing. I'm telling you some good things, amen. We can get down here and slander this community with the rest of the world, amen. They're in the middle of a hole over here, Brother McKinney. They have to pump sunshine in. Didn't you hear that say? Amen. But that's not true. There's souls, there's people that matter in this community. Amen. And it's time for God's people to start reaching for him. Amen. I'm not saying this bragging on him, but I guess I'm bragging on him. Brother Jim has started a ministry, and he's reaching out in this community. And I've already seen the fruits of his labor. Amen. Hallelujah. I say that to glorify God, though. Because if there's any good in us, Brother Jim, it's God. Ain't it? Hallelujah. But God's got something for you to do. You're around people that Brother McKinney and myself and Sister McKinney in this church is not around. You're around family members and co-workers. Brother Caleb, I couldn't even take you to your job. I don't even know for sure exactly where it's at. I know what he does. Amen. But he's around co-workers that I may never meet in this little small area. Amen. But he's got a job to reach them. Amen. It's his job as a Christian, as a Holy Ghost filled saint of God, to reach them, to show them To live the life, amen, and to reach out because there's hurting souls. Amen. How many work? How many still have a job? There's hurting souls all around you, saints of God. They're reaching and they're searching. And you know what? Sometimes they don't even realize what they need. And it's right here. Amen. Salvation. I'm not talking about just cornerstone. Brother McKinney says we don't have the corner market on salvation and the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I'll tell you one thing. It's a good place to begin. I I will witness that. This is a good place as any to start. Amen. I love my church. Don't you? Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap. God has a message to this world. And it's the same message I'm preaching tonight. It's time to break camp. It's time to pull up some stakes. Amen. Because time, I'm going to tell you right now, is winding down. I'm no prophet, I'm no theologian, I'm no Bible scholar, but I do read it. And I do know and I do understand and I watch a little bit of news, what little bit I can stomach. I know that time is running down. Hallelujah. There is something comfortable about the known. Listen to this. Animals will run into a burning forest because it's home to them. I didn't think about this until I started reading it. Because it's comfortable to them, it's home. They'll run into a forest that is burning, and, and it'll be surely, sure death unto them. But because it's comfortable, they give their life. See, so you sit in a comfortable place, and you're dying out. You sit in a place that is comfortable, a place that you're used to, a place you call home. We call this home, don't we, this church. But if all we do is come here and sit, you're dying. The Bible says the land is before you. Listen to what I wrote down. Every community, every holler, everybody around here knows what a holler is. Every creek, amen, every person, every soul is somebody that needs to be, to be reached out. Amen. I seen a video here a while back, and it made me very sad, but it was a video that somebody put that was making fun of somebody walking up and down these roads. They had problems. They did. And they were doing some silly things, if I can word it like that. But as they showed me that video, I was almost in tears. They was wanting to show me, because I like to laugh, brother. I do, but I didn't find any humor in it. I said, how sad it is. What a sad shape this person was in. A sad, sad shape because of drugs. They used to live right down below me. We took them meals over to them, their family. I said, What a sad shape I watched this girl grow up. I'm telling my age a little bit. I watched her grow up. Amen. I said, What a sad shape she's got in. Because of this world, because of drugs. Saints of God, it will destroy you. It'll lead you down a road of no return until you turn to him. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a story that I wanna that I want to read here. They had a they had a little story here, but I had one I wanted to share with you that I came across. Actually, they made a movie about it, and it's about, a, it's about a man who went in the military, and uh, it reminds me of Brother Larry when I, when I think about it and I hear it told. It reminds me of Brother Larry, but it's Private Desmond Doss, Doss. He said he walked into the bloodiest battle of World War II's Pacific Theater with nothing to protect himself except his Bible and his faith in God. He refused to carry a gun because he didn't believe in death. He was a devout Christian of a certain faith, I won't mention, and enlisted as a medic and refused to carry a rifle. They made fun of him. There's a movie about him. They made fun of him. They ridiculed him. They even tried to, I think, court-martial him. I know they took him before, before the peers in the uh, army or whatever it was he, he had joined, the military. And they tried, they tried to make him do it. But he stood on his faith. He stood on what he believed. Listen, the fighting took place on the hellish media, I guess is how you, uh, escarpment. Sister McKinney can tell me later how you, how you say these words. In April 1945, and I looked them up, believe it or not, but I should have wrote them down. My memory's not that good. But the battlefield located on top of a sheer 400-foot cliff was fortified. And this is a true story. It was fortified with a deadly network of Japanese machine gun nests and booby traps. The uh, escarpment nicknamed Hacksaw Ridge for the treacherously steep cliff was key to winning the battle of Okinawa. The mission was thought to be near impossible, and when Das's battalion was ordered to retreat, the, the medic refused his fallen comrades to leave his fallen comrades behind. Now he was ordered. When you get orders in the, in the in the armor in the military, brother, you're to follow them, right? But he refused this order, and he refused to leave his fallen comrades behind, facing heavy machine gun, and artillery fire, doshed repeatedly, not once, twice, not five, ten, a dozen times, but repeatedly. Some say 50, 75, and some eyewitnesses says even up to 100 times. He repeatedly ran into the kill zone carrying wounded soldiers to the edge of this, now now remember this, 400-foot cliff, brother. To the edge of this cliff, single-handedly lowering them down to safety. Each time, now listen, right here's where his strength comes from. Each time he saved a man's life, Doss prayed out loud, Lord, Lord, please help me get one more. And I thought about that as he done that and as I read this, amen. I thought about that. If we, if we take on that mentality with this world, every time, amen, we bring an Adam in, Every time, amen, that we bring a sister Nicole in, amen. Every time we reach somebody, Brother Jimmy Dove, say, Lord, help me reach one more, amen. Every time that I see one of my family members coming in, amen, I say, Lord, help me reach my mother-in-law, amen. When I see her come in, faith-believing, Sister McKinney, I'm going to see her come in, amen. And when she comes in, I'm going to say, I ain't going to stop there, brother. I'm going to start reaching for my my sister-in-law, amen, my little nephews, hallelujah, that don't know anything, amen, but what this world has to offer. And I'm going to say, Lord, help me get one more. Lord, help me reach one more, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help me reach one more. Each time he saved a life, that was his prayer. And by the end of the night, now can you imagine, Lowering 7,500 men over this 400-foot wall. Amen. By the end of the night, he had rescued an estimated 75 men. The always modest Doss reckoned he saved around 50. But his fellow soldiers gauged it closer to 100. And they decided to just split the difference. Call it 75. The saints of God, how many, how many notches have you got on your belt? Amen. How many marks do you have? Hallelujah. In your crown. How many jewels? Hallelujah. How many lives have you? And it ain't about that. I'm not about a number. It's not about that. Amen. But where do we just stop and lay down and say, you know, I've led two or I've led three to the Lord. And I'm going to take up camp. God's been good. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. Been baptized in his name. Amen. I'm good. No, saints of God. When this church is full, we still shouldn't be satisfied. Amen. It's done been prophesied. But you see, the workers are few. Amen. The harvest is ready, saints of God. But the workers are few. Brother McKinney does what he can. I'm not, not bragging on him, but I'm telling you the truth. He does what he can. Sister McKinney does what, he, what she can. Hallelujah. But they can't do it all. We need workers in the field. Where's the field? It's out there. Hallelujah. We need workers. Amen. We need van drivers. Hallelujah. We need pit, brother. That's an that's a, that's a area to, to witness to people. Not just, and I'm thankful that, that he brings the people that he brings, but somebody else. Don't be satisfied till it's full. I remember seeing two vans out here, Brother McKinney. And I remember a time where two vans wasn't enough. I remember a time where we had special services that two vans weren't wasn't enough. We have, I've hauled them in vehicles. Hallelujah. So never be satisfied. And just take up camp. Hallelujah. And drive the stakes and say, I've done enough. Hallelujah. Because God is trying to reach this world. Hallelujah. His foot is still in the door. His grace, hallelujah, is still being poured out. And it's time for you and I to get off our sorry behinds. I'm talking about me too. I've got a job. Work a lot of hours, but that's no excuse. I still have time. Hallelujah. Now, how, what do I, how I meet that time out, hallelujah, is up to me, right? What I do with that time, it's up to me. And we've got some things and I'm going to talk to Brother McKinney about in, in the next in the next couple weeks. I'm putting a timeline on it myself. Hallelujah. That I've been praying about and seeking God's face about starting. But I need you to help. He needs you to help. This church needs you to help. God wants you to help. He don't need us, but he wants us. Amen. That's, that's better than being needed, ain't it? The marriage don't just grow on needs, does it? I need this. I need Sister Tennille to cook. I need her to hem my pants so I don't walk on them. Amen. Hallelujah. But what about her wants and her needs? Amen. And the fact that we're wanted instead of being needed, saints. God should mean the world to us. God desires us. You're chosen. He handpicked each and every one. You believe that? Chosen generation. And he picked you to do his work. I remember hearing a song one time and I heard it probably quite a few times before. How many actually, you know, hear a song for a while? Then all of a sudden, Sister McKinney, you hear that song and it starts speaking to you. It said, if we are the body, Casting crowns, maybe. Why aren't his hands reaching? We're the body. Is that not what he called us, the body of Christ? Why aren't his hands reaching? Why aren't his feet going? Why aren't they? Only you and I can answer that. Listen, here is the secret. Let me back up just a little bit. Getting ahead of myself. Do not try to compromise with the enemy. Who is the enemy? Satan. Now we say the world and the things of the world but we're not talking about the people. The people are not the enemy. If you have a beef with somebody in this church God forbid it happens but it happens. That person is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. It says do not compromise with the enemy. Now we know compromise we call it well the dress the actions and things Compromise comes in many, many, many ways. we got to watch. Brother McKinney, we used to have those those classes back here, brother. Ministry, ministerial classes. Enjoyed them because I learned a lot from them. I told my wife, I'm confessing. I said, he won't let me go preach just anywhere. Why can't I go preach just anywhere? I was young, I did. Amen, I'm confessing my sins. (laughs) Amen, I said, he won't let me just go anywhere I want to go. I don't understand that, and I didn't. Understand. Amen. Just because they call themselves a church and I'm going to go a little further just because they call themselves apostolic does not mean they hold the standard. I'm not talking about cornerstone standard. I'm talking about the word of God here. Does not mean they have and what you lead your family into. you always, always end up explaining yourself. He said, "I don't always take my family. I don't always even take my wife. He goes and tests the waters first. Amen. See if it's one of those alpha and omegas, brother. Amen. But you see, he's here to teach us. He's human. I'd say he's made mistakes. Probably not too many, but he's made mistakes. The saints of God, he's put. A, I trust him with my family for a reason. Amen. He's over our families. I didn't mean to go this. This ain't in my notes. I'll let you look." Amen, and he ain't paying me. (laughs) Hallelujah, but we need to trust him. We're literally, he's no God. We're not putting him up on a pedestal. Trusting him with our lives because he's our shepherd. Just like the sheep did. They trusted the shepherd with their lives. Amen. And don't compromise with the enemy. Don't try to learn to live with the enemy. Because if you live with the enemy in the night, in the wee hours, When you're asleep and you're slumbered, what happens? The enemy comes in and death is sure to happen. Listen, here is is a verse, Exodus 23 and 24. And this is not the King James Version, but listen to what this says. Do not bow down before their gods. Anything that, that the world or the church world, the secular world, puts before God, you better watch bowing down to. You better watch what you're worshiping. You better watch where you go when you lift your hands. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. That's Exodus 23 and 24. You must demolish them. Break their sacred stones into pieces. Pull up stakes and move on. Look at your neighbor again. Say, you better pull up stakes and move on. Sometimes you have to dust your feet off. Heard of Heard a funny story about that. <laughs> but sometimes we do. We have to dust our feet off and move on, don't we, saints of God? Hallelujah. Here's the secret, and I'm not going to get through all this because of time, but that's all right. We'll try. Here's the secret to spiritual growth. Trust, I mean, it's just simple. Trust the Lord to fight for all you. Right. I told someone that meant so much to me years ago. And they were asking me, and I was young. I didn't have, I'm still not wise and a lot of wisdom, but I'm wiser than I was then. And they asked me what to do about the situation. I cared a lot for this person. So I was slow to give them an answer. And that's what I told them. I said, you let God fight your battles. Because if you fight them, saints of God, if you take things into your own hands, you're right, brother. You'll make a mess. And you'll mess up. And you'll do and say some things that'll hurt some people. All right. I heard a wise old man once say, if you jerk something up, and this is the word of God, if you jerk somebody up and point them out, you better watch. Because you're jerking other, other things, maybe younger people that are watching them. You know, younger people watch. If you don't believe me, watch them worshiping around this altar. And, and I have seen them from right up here. I don't know if you all notice them. I'm sure you do. Looking at somebody, the next thing you know, they're doing what they're doing. These little children running around are watching us. They're watching mom and dad. They're watching the Sunday school teachers. What you do and say is important. I just told my wife just here recently. I said, you know, I, I've heard this said a lot, and I've been guilty of saying it myself. Well, I don't care what they think about me. But McKinney, I do care what they think about me. I've been guilty of that myself. I do care what, what my coworkers workers I do care about what my family members think about me. I do care about what I do and say in front of them because it matters, saints of God. And I do care what the people that comes through those doors think and say about me because it matters. They're watching you close. They got you under a microscope. Listen, Exodus 23 and 27 through 30. He says, I will send my terror ahead of you ahead of you you notice not just with you and not just beside you and not just behind you but ahead of you i will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter not just everyone did you notice that but every nation that you encounter i will make all of your enemies turn their backs and run he said he would not me they ain't nobody afraid of me, Brother, brother Larry. They life at me. Now he's 100 pounds overweight and ain't got arms big enough to hurt me. Amen. But my God is bigger than me. My God is bigger than my church. Amen. My God is much bigger than man. And he goes before me. He's made a way. He'll make them turn their backs and run. He said, I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive the Hibitites, Canaanites, Hittites, out of your way, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. See, he makes a plan. He said, I'll do it, but I'll do it on my time so the land don't become desolate and the wild beasts don't overtake you. He cares, don't he? Little by little, I will drive them out before you. He meant a little bit here. As they pulled their stakes up, it's, this is what I get out of. And they moved a little bit further, Sister Tenille. He made a way, didn't he? A little bit further. Amen. He cleared out a few more out of their path. The Bible says, the Lord says, I will fight for you. He says, I will make a way. Right. Little by little, he made a way for them to possess the land. This is the land right here. Peter Creek, Jamboree, across off sometimes. And I claim Papa, amen. I start praying for the people. I don't have to know them. I can't name all their names. But I know that there's some people that is sin sick. I know there's some people that are searching. They're hurting, amen. So I start driving by houses. And I start proclaiming the name of Jesus. And pleading the blood. Thanks to God, it works. You may not know their name, but he knows. I know the name to call on, amen. And we need to start doing that in this land. We need to claim this land. God's already went before you, and he's given it to you. He's placed you here to work in this land for a reason. Amen. So when you drive down the road, say, I claim this holler. I claim this creek. Amen. I claim this family right here that I know that is hurting. Hallelujah. And I proclaim it. Amen. We may not see them in this church, but I hope to. And I hope to see them in glory. This land has been Granted, when the judge grants you something, it's yours. It takes executive orders, amen, to rewrite it, don't it. But when God grants you something, man can't take it away. And God wants you wants to give it to you, but you must break camp in order to possess it. See, we can't do anything on our own, can we? But He does expect something out of us, and that is to try to get up and try. How many remembers when they give their life to the Lord? If you'd have never made that first step, God ain't going to jerk you up by the hair of the head. Bring you up here and drop you at the altar and say, Now, pray. He don't work that way. Amen. Sometimes, I wish he did in my case. I'm a little hard-headed. Hallelujah. But he will give you an opportunity. And he's given us an opportunity to work in this land. The land has been granted. Listen, a little bit further and I'm going to turn you loose. Camped in the desert of sin. Now as I read this, I'm not going to pick on anybody, reach and grab you, point you out, and I'm not going to call your name. I I don't work like that. But I want you to ask yourself, does this fit me? Am I in this place? Camped in the desert of sin. They left the Red Sea and camped. This is Numbers 33 and 11. And camped in the desert of sin. Where have you pitched your tent? Where are you camping or hanging out with? Is it with the world or is it with God's people? Are you hanging out, befriending the world? Now, I'm not telling you to cut off all your friends. I'm not telling you that. But where are you spending your time? I'm going to tell you the biggest lie. I remember working with the youth, and I told them this one time. I remember me and Brother Kevin Goosman up there doing a lesson. And I said, one of the biggest lies that Satan tells you is that I can go spend time with my buddy. I can go where he goes or go where she goes and do what they, as long as I don't do what they do, I can still go. I can still go to the parties. I can still go to the club, but I don't have to drink, brother. That's the biggest lie Satan tells you. Because when you go where they go and you're still trying to befriend them, you will do sooner or later the things that they're doing. How about inviting them to come with you? Inviting them. We have some parties here. Some good parties here. Inviting them to our party, our spiritual parties. Because if you pitch your tent with them, sooner or later, and it'll probably be sooner, you'll be right, be right back out in the world. Listen here what Charles Spurgeon said. I used this once, once before, several years back when I preached, and I like this saying. Charles Spurgeon said, If sinners be damned, At least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. They have to leap over us. And if they perish, let it be with our arms wrapped around their knees, begging them to stay. If somebody leaves this church, it ought to be with us wrapping our arms around their knees and saying, Please don't go, because I know what this world's going to do to you. If it's your family, wrap your arms if you got to. I told my mother in law, I said, when God puts it on my heart, amen, it might be why she ain't came back, brother. Amen. But I said, if God puts it on my heart to crawl to you and wrap my knees, or, or hands around your knees, I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes, amen. Whatever it takes to see this world saved. Whatever it takes, hallelujah, to make sure that they don't split hell wide open. Whatever it takes for my family, for my buddies at work. I love them. Hallelujah. I love each and every one of them. Whatever it takes. Whatever that I got to do. Coming to a close. The same old sin. I want to read this last little bit. Do you know that sin. I wrote this down as I was studying this. Sin hinders prayers. you believe that? If you're sin sick. You're covered in sin. It hinders your prayers. Have you ever felt like your prayers. Wasn't going past the ceiling. Now I'm not, I'm not saying every single case. When it seems like you're not getting anywhere, It's because sin is in your life. But you better start checking yourself. You know how we check ourselves before we take communion. You need to be checking yourself. Asking yourself the question. Is there something in my life that I need to lay down? Is there a reason that my prayer ain't going no farther than my roof? Sin hinders prayers. Sin strives against the Holy Ghost. Sin is a stumbling block in our walk and our work for the Lord. We need to get sin. The same old sin. See, ain't nothing new under the sun. Same old sin. We preach deliverance, and I believe deliverance. Listen to this. I believe an alcoholic can be delivered from alcohol. I believe a drug addict can be delivered from drugs. Can we all agree? I believe a homosexual can be delivered from their lifestyle. However, you cannot pitch your tent Towards Sodom. How many knows what Sodom is? Yeah. Amen. You cannot pitch your tent towards Sodom and not expect to end up in Sodom. How many, how many remembers Lot's wife? In Sodom, I'm sorry. You can't expect to pitch your tent towards sin and towards the world and spend time where the world is going and where the world, where the world likes to to go and do, and not expect to end up in sin with if you keep talking about going back to Egypt, you'll eventually end up back in Egypt. If you keep talking about your past, now I'm not talking about witnessing. Well, I used to do this. I've heard people say this very statement. Well, I remember the good old days. was it good old days? I don't look at them as being good old days anymore. I'm talking about the time that I spent in sin. What good old days. I'm going to tell you what they were. They were grace. It was exactly what they were. Amen. It says, <clears throat> if you keep talking about going back to Egypt, you'll eventually end up back in Egypt. Instead of longing for the onions, the garlics, and the melons of Egypt, think about the grapes in Canaan land. Think about what a better land he's promised us. Coming quickly to a close. I like to open this altar up. That may not be something we normally do on a Wednesday, but it's always open. The pastor will tell you, this altar is always open. I want to open the altar up. If they want to get a song, they can. it would be fine. But if anything is hindering you, I want to see revival in your lives as well as I want to see it in mine. I want to see revival in your family. I want to see some things revived in your family as much as I want to see it in mine. Where have you been? It's time to break camp. I thought this was a good lesson. I thought it was a, a was time just right, amen, because we're talking about these lessons are all geared toward revival, starting points for revival is what they're called. And revival's already started in this place. Y'all believe that? God's moving in the land. He surely is. But you know what he's waiting on? He's waiting on you pull up stakes. He's waiting on you and I to start working. Waiting on you and I to quit being lazy. I've been slothful at you. I've been lazy. I blame it on diabetes. I blame it on long work hours. But saints of God, we still have time, time that we can delegate for the Lord. Right. We still have time to work for the kingdom. And you still got time to make it right. No matter what. God bless you. Love for each and every one of you. And I I hope and pray this lesson has touched you like it did me.
0: Hallelujah. Amen.
4: Y'all want to come?